The winner of this year's International Booker Prize is Georgi Gospodinovo. And first of all, excuse my bad pronunciation. He is from Bulgaria. And um, to be honest, I did not read any of his works. However, I read an interview with him in um, a UK publication and a sentence he said struck me and has remained with me. He said he was talking about the Bulgarian culture and he said, we are used to losing. And I thought, indeed, some cultures, political cultures in particular, get used to losing. And the culture of the Soviet Union particularly in the last 15-20 years of its life until it collapsed in 1990-1991 was very much one of expecting to lose. Many factors contributed to that. Perhaps the prime factor is that the Soviet Union roughly from the mid-1960s until the early 1980s was led by one man, Leonid Brezhnev, who maybe by the mid or late 70s was really old, tired. His health deteriorated a lot. And there was a sense of stagnation in the Soviet Union. And at the same time, in the US, from the mid 1960s until the early 80s, there were successive administrations. There was Lyndon Johnson and then Nixon and then Ford and then Jimmy Carter. So four administrations while on the other side at the Soviet unions, there was only one. So that gives you a sense of the dynamism on the US side versus the stagnation, the lethargy on the Soviet Union or within the Soviet Union. Some would say in the early 1980s there was a moment in which the Soviet Union appeared as if it was poised for rejuvenation and that was when Yuri Andropov came to power, became the Secretary General of the Communist Soviet Party and therefore the leader of the Soviet Union. And I think that is correct. And anyone interested in the history of the Cold War, in the history of the Soviet Union, ought to read a bit about Yuri Andropov. And I think were Yuri Andropov to, to live longer, possibly the history of the Cold War would have been different. However, the man came to power in late 1982. He died in early 1984. So he remained in power for less than a year and a half. And therefore, in the story of the Soviet Union, he did not really make a, a major difference. He was succeeded by Gorbachev and Gorbachev did major changes, reforms inside or within the Soviet Union. But by then, the experience of the Soviet Union appeared to have hit a wall, appeared to have been really going towards nothing, economically, politically, 
and there was indeed a culture of defeat, a culture of expecting failure. Of course, in the 1980s, the Soviet Union was lured into invading Afghanistan, which proved to be immensely costly and, well, and, and a failure really at the end of the day, a costly endeavor and a failure for the Soviet Union. The point I'm trying to say is by the late 1980s and by 1990, when the Berlin Wall fell, when there were waves of desires in all the Soviet or most of the Soviet republics and in Central and Eastern Europe to get out of the Soviet Union and the Soviet Union began to collapse. Indeed, the mindset in large sections of the leadership of the Soviet Union within major important institutions of the Soviet Union was a culture of expecting failure. Some would say, but at the moment of the collapse of the Soviet Union, there was an attempt to have a military coup against Gorbachev to save the Soviet Union. But even that proved to be very poorly executed and without any real support in the key republics at the time of the Soviet Union. And again, it goes back to the point of there wasn't a will to survive within the Soviet Union. It, the experience, the Soviet experience became very clear in the minds of so many people that it was a failure. This mindset is very, very different from the prevailing mindset today in the Chinese Communist Party for a number of reasons. For the past 35, 40 years, the Chinese Communist Party, therefore China, has seen successive changes of leadership. At least three or four leaders. Some would say, yes, but today in early or mid-2023, we have a leader, Xi Jinping, who has been in power for already 10 years, and the party, the Communist Party, has just renewed his mandate, and that might be a, a change in the trajectory of leadership in the Chinese Soviet party, indeed. But we still do not know what the impact of that will be on the dynamics of leadership in China. What we know from the experience of the past 35 or 40 years is that there have been successive changes in leadership and today Xi Jinping, despite over 10 years now in power, he appears to be in a, a very agile mindset. Perhaps more importantly, the experience of the Chinese Communist Party in the last 35-40 years has been one of success. Economically, China was growing for each of these 30-35 years at 7% annual growth rate, 8%, sometimes 9%. And these rates of growth are unheard of in any other parts of the world, let alone for 35 consecutive years. And it is not just 
empty numbers that do not mean much. They have, these growth rates, have translated into lifting hundreds of millions of people by some reckoning 400 or 450 million people in China out of poverty and into proper middle class. And middle class here is calculated or, or assessed by international standards. That is a major economic and social achievement. Politically, the experience of China over the past 35-40 years could also be thought of as a success. Some would invoke the situation of human rights, of, of rights in general in China, which indeed is a very important point. However, from the perspective of the Chinese leadership, from the perspective of the Chinese Communist Party, the objective has always been total control over China. No competition over power, no real opposition. And if you look from that perspective, then the Chinese Communist Party has achieved the objectives it had uh, in mind, it wanted to arrive at. And therefore, from that perspective, some people would argue that politically, China was also a success in the past 35-40 years. And certainly many would say that China has been trying over the past 10 years or so to export its socio-political model as an alternative to the liberal democratic model that the West presented to the world or has presented to the world over the past half century. But the experience of the Chinese Communist Party or China in general over the past 35-40 years is not just limited to economics and politics and social dynamics. It's also historical. That's a very important point in China because China is not a mere country. China is a civilization. And civilizations always think in terms of centuries think in terms of their own positioning in the flow of history. From that perspective, China has seen itself, at least in the 18th and 19th century, as having been, an early 20th century, as having been on a downward trajectory, as often been humiliated by external powers. An important part of the narrative, of the message, of the Chinese Communist Party over the past half century, at least in the last 30 years, and very much in the past 10-15 years, was that China is rising. China is retaking its place in the world, the place that its history, its civilization merit for it. This narrative this historical positioning is so important to China in the Chinese psyche that it has been a pillar of the political message of the Chinese Communist Party internally. And from that perspective, indeed, that message has been very powerful, 
has a major buy-in in wide sections of the Chinese society and therefore it also underscores the point of success. Why all of this is very relevant to the series about the US, China and the world? Because whereas the Soviet Union in the last 10-15 years of its life was opposed to the United States while it had a mindset expecting failure, today China is rising and is entering the strategic confrontation with the United States while it has an experience of success, at least an experience that is being interpreted internally with strong substantiation as one of success. And therefore, China enters this strategic confrontation with the US expecting victory. That's a major difference in mindset between how the Soviet Union was in the late 1970s throughout the 1980s and today China in 2023 and the coming few years. And that point about the mindset is of immense importance in the nascent strategic confrontation between the US and China. Anyone thinking about that strategic confrontation ought to bear that point in mind.